Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative processes, paths to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I am absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the short story collection, Woman Running Late in a Dress, and the YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened. I'm also a professional book coach, and I am passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at dallaswoodburnauthor. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Nathan Leslie won the 2019 Washington Writers Publishing House Prize for Fiction for his collection of short stories, Hurry Up and Relax. Nathan's nine previous books of fiction include Three Men, Root and Shoot, Sibs, and The Tall Tale of Tommy Twice. He is also the author of a collection of poems titled Night Sweat. Nathan is currently the series editor for Best Small Fictions, the founder and organizer of the Reston Reading Series in Reston, Virginia, and the publisher and editor of the new online journal, Maryland Literary Review. Previously, he was series editor for Best of the Web and fiction editor for Pedestal Magazine. His fiction has been published in hundreds of literary magazines, such as North American Review, Boulevard, Hotel America, and Cimarron Review. Nathan's nonfiction has been published in the Washington Post, Kansas City Star, and Orlando Sentinel. Nathan lives in Northern Virginia with his wife, Julie. He teaches at Northern Virginia Community College. It was truly a joy to talk with Nathan about all things writing, editing, publishing, and reading. I really think you will enjoy this conversation on overflowing bookshelves. Well, thank you so much, Nathan, for being a guest on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you. There's so much I want to talk to you about, but maybe we can just begin by hearing a little bit about your journey um, as a writer and how you got started. Sure, sure. I'm happy to talk about that. Um, Well, I I think I've always probably been a writer, (laughs) you know, um, even when I was in elementary school, I was you know, always writing something. Um, I remember I had an elementary school teacher who I loved, Mrs. Short, um, fourth grade teacher who, um, you know, just always liked my little poems and my stories and so forth. Um, but of course, when you're a kid, you are balancing, you know, it's not like you, you know, you can just sort of put your day aside and just write. Yeah. Um, I was just, you know, writing for assignments usually. Um, but I had a number of teachers encourage me when I was, you know, in high school and, um, and then definitely in college. 
um, once I got to Mary Washington College, um, I had several mentors who were really important. And uh, one, Steve Watkins, I'm still friends with. And um, he was my first kind of real creative writing professor when I was about 19. And, um, you know, it was a summer class. And I remember he, you know, it was sort of like a multidisciplinary um, creative writing class. It was fiction, it was poetry and um, multi-genre, I should say. And, uh, you know, I, I thought poetry, oh, I don't want to write poetry, you know? <laughs> but, um, it was a great, it was a great class and it really hooked me. And so then I kind of ended up minoring in um, creative writing at Mary Washington. And I think I took four classes there and then, um, took a few years off and, uh, took a, a few kind of community level classes, um, met another mentor by the name of Richard Peabody. who's sort of a, a local, um, legend here in the DC area who I'm still friends with, um, as well. And then, um, went to the, uh, MFA program at the university of Maryland college mm-hmm. park. And, um, obviously, you know, there it really kind of took over and, um, you know, I learned a lot there and began sort of formulating my, my voice and my aesthetic and all those good, all, all those good things. Um, but I didn't really f- find my way into publication, um, outside of, you know, a few small kind of, um, uh, you know, college oriented publications. I didn't find any, my way into publication outside of, you know, something on the campus until I was in my sort of late twenties. So, um, I guess that's, that's sort of my journey. Um, and then I began writing, um, you know, on my own, um, once I finished my MFA, um, and I started to, you know, seek publications from there. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like it was always a part of you. And then it sort of became, I guess, a bigger and bigger part of your life as the years went on. And I love what you were speaking about with different mentors that you have, which ties in so perfectly to my next question was going to be about some of the other work that you do that now I see you as being a mentor to so many writers, you know, who are up and coming now. So it's really beautiful the way that I feel like you're kind of um, paying, paying forward those writers that were mentored to you. So I would love to hear a little bit more about some of the other work that you do in addition to publishing your own work. Um, you have many books. Your latest um, is out now, Hurry Up and Relax. Um, and I would just love to, I guess, hear about how you you kind of evolved in your own publishing that you do. You're an editor, you're a professor. Could you maybe tell us a little bit more about how all of those parts of your cre- creative identity uh, come together in your life? Sure. Um, I'll try to kind of break it down into various components. Um, it's a little confusing even for me to keep track of all these different um, elements <laughs> and to sort of keep them separate. And sometimes I don't, they just kind of end up in a big jumble. Um, but um, so I, after um, I, you know, finished my MFA, I, I adjuncted for a couple of years, which was a really um, grueling kind of apprenticeship. Um, and it was great because I, I learned how to teach, you know, um, and that 
sort of environment. And I just taught everywhere. I think one semester I taught at four different colleges. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was around 2000 um, to 2002. And then I, um, I was hired at Nova, which is uh, the uh, community college in Northern Virginia as a full-time part of the uh, full-time faculty there. And I've been teaching there ever since. And, and there I've been teaching creative writing, but I also teach a lot of other things, um, you know, composition, literature, um, composition too, and, and just a variety of classes that, you know, many of us academics, of course, um, do. Um, but creative writing, of course, you know, holds a special place in my heart because it's my, my love, but also, um, you know, it allows me to, as you mentioned, mentor, um, up and coming writers. And, um, so when I do teach creative writing, um, I usually find, you know, a, a core of, of, you know, solid writers, interesting writers, um, really fascinating writers. And, um, you know, this past semester in the fall, um, was no exception. I, um, there were several students who were just really strong and, um, you know, um, just, helping them along the way, helping them try to find their voice, um, helping them try to learn the crafts of, 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 of fiction. And, um, that's, you know, part and parcel of what I do there. Um, usually they're intro level courses. So these are students who are just kind of getting into it. Um, so part of it is explaining, um, kind of how things work and, and how things don't work, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, um, so that's the academic uh, side of it. And then, um, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm involved in a number of other sort of ventures, um, some of which are connected to, you know, my, my position at NOVA. But in, in many ways, they're just kind of outreach um, components. So um, one of the things that I'm um, involved with, which a colleague and I uh, started about four years ago now, um, is the Rest in Reading series. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a reading series, a monthly, um, you know, kind of calculated series. Uh, it's the last Sunday of every month, and um, that's been wonderful because, um, you know, every month, you know, it's something to look forward to. I have three different authors come in usually and um, read their work, and it's really kind of created this this warm community feeling, um, mm-hmm. Virginia, which, you know, I live in the suburbs, so it's kind of, um, it can be a little bit disparate. Um, but I've met a ton of people that way and just really formed a lot of connections and I hope offered something back, you know, to the community, um, as well. And, um, so it's, it's gotten kind of a following, I think. And, um, it's been just a really nice, it's pr- probably for me, one of the, um, aspects of my life I'm proudest of over the past five years or so is creating the series um, and then just running it and kind of committing to it, you know? Yeah. So it's been, that's been great. Um, and some, we've had a few open mics, but the, the sort of bread and butter of that is um, we usually have three, three authors come in and sometimes it's a packed house. It's in a little bookstore, um, the rest and use bookshop. And, um, but I mean, sometimes it's like 30 people in there and standing room only. It's really exciting. Um, and then um, I also st- uh, started the Maryland Literary Review um, recently, which is um, a kind of, um, well, it's an online magazine. And it's just a way for me to um, also, it, 
try to publish more work that I, I believe is is worth publishing. Um, and even though I live in Virginia, I called it the Maryland Literary Review because I grew up in Maryland. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you answered that question. <clears throat> I was wondering that. <laughs> Maryland, what, you live in Virginia, but I grew up in Maryland. So it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of homage to, um, you know, where I'm from. And um, we're going up on our fourth issue um, in the spring. And um, it's a biannual. So um, uh, listeners are you know, encouraged to, to, uh, to submit. Um, we take submissions all year round. And, um, I guess one of the sort of points of inspiration was I see too often magazines that are charging for submissions and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's free. It's just through email. It's, it's a very old, even though it's online, it's a very old school, um, literary magazine. And, um, I feel like it's really high quality work. So, so I'm doing that. And then, um, I've been involved with, um, a new anthology, um, called the best mall fictions. uh, I'm happy to kind of talk more in depth about that because it's a, it's a really, um, it's hard to sort of wrap your head around the entire project. Uh, if I had a visual aid here, I would, I would hold up the book and sort of compare it to, you know, the, the initial, um, anthology, which came out in 2015, which was wonderful. Um, uh, but it was about 130 pages long and we've expanded it quite a bit. So it's now about looking through it. It's about 400 pages long. Oh, wow. And for small fictions, that is quite a number of stories then. Yeah. So it's called the best small fictions, but the funny thing is it's the book itself is not small at all. It's, it's, massive it has 146 authors and it's very international um i think we have authors from every continent except for antarctica <laughs> <laughs> so any antarctican writers are encouraged to <laughs> me. but um so i've been involved with that and um that's been great because it just again just kind of puts me puts my finger on the pulse of contemporary literature and what is being created um and I read thousands and thousands of flash fiction um, last year. And um, it was a really difficult process even just to just winnow it down to 146. Um, and then I have a new book and a new book of stories out as well called Hurry Up and Relax, um, which I can expand more upon. Um, and it's kind of a satirical uh, collection of uh, short stories mostly. Um, some, I guess you would call flash fiction, but mostly short stories. And it happened to win. I was really lucky it won an award that I've been trying to win for 20 years and gotten rejected many times. Congratulations. Um, what, which award will you, will you tell our listeners more about that? Sure. It's a, it's an award for, um, authors in the DC area, uh, DC Baltimore area called the Washington Writers Publishing House Fiction Prize. Um, so in the DC area, it's a pretty big deal because um, it, it's the best book of fiction um, published in the area in, in about a 200-mile radius. And, um, I mean, I've been rejected from the prize, you know, like I think six or seven times. So I've tried and tried and tried. And it's like, well, let's try one more time. <laughs> and, you know, good things, I guess, happen if you just keep being a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was really lucky. And... Um, so that was last year, 2019. 
Wow. Well, there is so much that I want to ask you about and that I just love of what you described. I just see so many um, kind of themes in your creative life about connection and community and, um, you know, helping, trying to help other writers and trying to help foster a sense of community. And I just think that is so important. It's something that I'm focusing on for myself for 2020. I made a word for the year and my, my word is actually community and trying to, to think about how I can help other writers. And um, I, I just see so much of what you do being that kind of connecting spirit um, with bringing writers together that I just think is so wonderful. Um, And I would just love to hear a little bit about how maybe your work as an editor in particular or um, the curator for this reading series, like choosing authors to come and speak, does, does that influence your own fiction or your own writing at all? Like, do you think that these roles of teaching and editing, um, has, have they helped you in your own writing as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it's more on a subconscious level, um, especially during the academic year, because I'm so busy that I don't always have time to sit down and write as much as I'd like. Mm-hmm. I'm always taking notes. I'm a big note taker. Um, so I'm always scribbling down ideas that I can expand upon later and try not to lose that point of inspiration so that when I do have time, I can go back to it. Um, the editing side is really inspirational because I get to see, of course, a lot of work that is being created that is wonderful and rich and just expansive and different than what I would write. Um, mm-hmm. But it makes me want to write more, right? It makes me want to sort of join the conversation. Um yeah, community. I mean, I think it's such an important part of being a writer. Um, I'd like to sometimes just sort of curl up in a hole and just write <laughs> um, and just ignore everything. Um, I used to be like that, but I realized that I really needed to get out there and um, kind of make more of a, um, you know, more connection, make it more of a cohesive environment. I, I guess I missed what I had before um, in Baltimore, where I grew up. I grew up in the suburbs of Baltimore. I, f- I felt like there was a lot of that. And then here in the suburbs of Northern Virginia, it's. I just felt like there really wasn't as much. So I decided to kind of try to create a little bit of that on my own, right? Yeah. Just kind of tap into something that exists or doesn't exist. Sometimes you have to make things happen. Um, and a lot of bookstores in this area have gone out of business and reading series have um, been shuttered and so forth. Um, so the reading series was kind of the, the impetus for me, you know? Um, so yeah, it's really inspirational. And I think you're doing it already with, you know, overflowing bookshelves and this um, conversation. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I can relate to so much of what you were saying about, um, I think it is interesting being a writer in particular, and maybe in other creative fields as well, where there's this balance between wanting to hunker down yourself and create, but then also yearning for that connection with other people and particularly other creative people. And so I think it's really special to be able to find that balance of 
creating your own work, um, connecting with others, collaborating, helping others. And I know for myself, I feel the same way that you do where the more that I get out there and connect with others, the more ideas I get myself, the more inspired I feel to create myself. And I think it also kind of keeps you a little bit accountable to yourself as well. So for example, with teaching, the advice that you're giving your students, if you're you know, telling your students to write every day or giving your students different writing assignments, um, you know, like you better be getting some writing done yourself too. So it's kind of that nice, um, I think kind of a symbiotic relationship. I would love to hear, you're my first guest who is a short story writer in particular. And I think that the short story is such a wonderful um, form and also a challenging form in many ways. And I would just, if you have any thoughts about the short story that you would like to share um, as a genre of writing, I would love to hear that. Okay, sure. Um, Well, the short story is my favorite form, um, whether it's a longer short story, like a full length, um, you know, sort of classic short story or whether you're talking about a um, work of flash fiction, which uh, to me has a different kind of set of rules. Um, but I, I just think that, that, you know, the genre of short fiction is so, um, so elegant. Um, it's, um, it's a difficult form because, of course, you have to choose your words very carefully and nothing is wasted, just like poetry. Um, <clears throat> but I love the arc and the shape of a short story and what you can do with the sort of geometry of your, your narrative and characterization. Um, so sometimes when I'm reading novels, I get bored because, um, and I've written novels and I've published a novel. Um, but I get bored very easily with novels. If I just feel like there's filler, you know, and I feel like mm-hmm. they're just like these chapters that are basically just there to make the novel longer or to sort of get you from point B to point K, (laughs) but aren't really connected to character. And with short stories, um, you know, everything is character centric. And um, I'm a really character driven author. So I try to focus everything around the voice and the character. Um, So that kind of gives you an overview to speak more directly to hurry up and relax, which is um, a very different short story collection for me than some of the other ones in some ways. Um, it's very sarcastic and very kind of outlandish in a lot of ways and um, satirical. And I tried to be humorous um, in, in many of the stories. Um, but the characterization is still the root of a lot of these stories. And um you know, a lot of the stories use unreliable narration, for instance, which I'm a huge fan of. I am too. I love unreliable narration. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's just so much you can do with a short story and you can just experiment in a sense. And, and, you know, if you write a 10 page short story and it fails, then, okay, you wasted a, you know, a few hours, you wasted, um, you know, some time, but it's not really wasted at all, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of the part of the process. But if you spend a year or two writing a novel and it fails, you put a lot of eggs into one basket, you know, and and you know maybe you can, you know, pitch the novel to an agent, and the agent can sell it to a publisher. But you're spending a lot of time on one thing. Um, 
I get bored with that. You know. <laughs> um, that said, um, I've written novels. In fact, I have a couple novels I'm starting to shop around now. And I do like writing novels and I do like reading novels, but I just find that the form itself is, um, is not quite as efficient or elegant, I guess, for me as the short story. Um, I just think the short story is the perfect, um, you know, prose genre. And of course, the one great thing about it is you can read it as Edgar Allan Poe famously said in one sitting. So, um, you know, it's very rewarding, I think, for, from the reader's standpoint. I don't understand why the collections don't sell better, but... <laughs> yes, oh, I agree with you, especially with this day and age. With the, always, I'm always hearing about people's attention spans getting shorter and shorter, that I think the, a short story collection is a wonderful thing to just pick up. Like you said, you can dip in, read one story in one sitting, and, um, and then, you know, put it down for a little bit until you have time to read some more. So how can readers connect with you? How can they purchase your, uh, your books and um, maybe submit some of their work to you or get involved with you in other, in other of your endeavors? What are the best ways for people to connect with you? Um, okay, a few things. Well, um, NathanLeslie.net is my website. Um, I have my email there as well. Um, or just um, looking me up on Facebook. Uh, I also have an author page on Facebook, Nathan Leslie. Um, so Facebook is, is, you know, great because, um, I can just get a PM or whatever. Um, so those are probably the two best, uh, ways for people to get in touch with me. Um, in terms of submitting to the Maryland literary review, it's just MarylandLiteraryReview.com, And, um, folks can just follow the submission guidelines. Um, you know, it's, it's an email submission, so there's no web portal or anything like that. Um, so just send away. Um, and did I answer? I'm not sure if I answered all of your questions there. Yeah. Yeah, that was perfect. I really loved having you on the podcast. I wish we had more time to talk more about everything. I'll have to have you back sometime to, you know, oh, maybe sure. maybe go more into the when when the next edition of Best Small Fictions comes out or something that we can talk more about that. But this was just so lovely to to chat with you and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.